Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Did you, America? Welcome to Did You America Season 2, Episode 3.14. Jeremy's there. I'm Ian Canfield. Thank you for hanging out with this one. If you want to get in touch or hear any other old ones, didyouamerica.com is the website for this podcast. Or you can talk to us via the social avenues. Ian Canfield on Twitter, Canfield Off the Radio on Instagram. We've lost a Rolling Stone. Oh, yeah. Sad. Which I, one? You know which one. Yeah, but is it really one of the, like, the big ones, you know? Charlie Watts, yeah, I think he's a big one. You think he's a big one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. He's an original member of the band. I mean, it's quite impressive given the Rolling Stones' appetite for rock and roll behavior since the 60s that he's only the second one that's died, I think. I mean, Brian Jones passed away in the 60s. Right. There hasn't been a Rolling Stone who's died I, since then up until this week. I was thinking about that. Is the guy who was the one in between uh, uh, Brian Jones and Ronnie Wood? Uh, Mick Taylor. And he's still alive. Yeah, very fat. Okay. Very fat, but I saw, still alive. I was kind of upset because, you know, right away the first day, um, you know, there was, you know, Keith Richards tribute, Mick Jagger's tribute, Ronnie Woods tribute. I was wondering, where's my Wyman tribute? But he he hit it today, so right, he came through. He was crying. He was sad. He was like me and my twelve year old wife were really upset about everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I've said this before. Um, I think uh, the Rolling Stones are the test as to how old rock and roll can get. Because, you know, my first gig ever was the Rolling Stones. My parents took my sister and I when we were little kids to see the Steel Wills tour. Uh, I think it was 1990 at uh, Wembley Stadium. Out of all of the bitching and moaning I do about my dad on this podcast, that's one great thing that he did. So whenever anyone says, what was your first gig? I can go Rolling Stones, Wembley Stadium. That's pretty that's, awesome. That's a pretty pretty awesome answer. That's probably also what made your dad so angry is having to go to these awesome shows with little kids. <laughs> well, he... Me and my mum, uh, you know, saw other pivotal Stone shows. In fact, you know, the, the original Hyde Park show in the 60s, that there was the tribute to Brian Jones that there's loads of uh, video footage of. My mum and dad were at that show, and I think they saw the Stones again in the 70s um, and then didn't see them for a very long period of time. Now, he took his, my dad this is, took his family to the Rolling Stones Steel Will show because at that point, everyone thought that that was going to be the last Rolling Stones show. Right. That gig was in 1990, as, as I just said. <laughs> And even as a little yeah, kid, I think I saw them in like 2014. Right. Even as a little kid uh, back then, um, I remember that there were all the stories going around calling them the strolling bones and saying, basically, they were going, this is ridiculous. It's 
1990. This band started in 1963. These men are in their 40s and they're still <laughs> playing. How ridiculous. And How know, is Mick still moving yeah, like literally, that? Literally, <laughs> literally, they were saying that about the Rolling Stones uh, when they were in their 40s. And, and you know, and they've carried on going. And, and I've always had, said, said the argument, you know, okay, there were, and I guess you could sort of say Little Richard could be a part of this argument because he died only a few years ago and he was still playing, I think, up until the, the age of 80. But you've got like, you know, the Little Richard and the uh, Elvis, you know, that kind of invented rock and roll. But right. the, ro- the Rolling Stones were the first generation of rock bands, right? So we don't know how old rock can get because we are now witnessing the first generation of rock bands dying out. I'm talking about, you know, the ones that didn't weren't casualties along the way. And because the Rolling Stones are such a cultural phenomena and have been around for so long, and, as I said, kind of, apart from Brian Jones, not become victim to uh, rock and roll excess and, 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 and having that kill them, I do believe that from a cultural standpoint, and at this point, and for many years now, the Rolling stones transcend music they are a cultural phenomenon that's that's why they're so important um they're the test as to how old um rock and roll can get and i think you know we saw a big um a big uh, kind of uh, sign as to what that age around what that age is with Charlie Watts passing away this week. So th- that's another reason why he's important. If you're a big Stones fan, you love Charlie anyway. If you're a casual observer of the Stones, yeah, you can go, he's not Mick or Keith. He's not up front. He didn't write the songs, but he's still an integral part of the band. And, and you know, Charlie Watts, th- th- this is a, th- an amazing achievement. He joined that band in 1963, right? He was playing drums with the Rolling Stones until the age of 80. Yeah. And he was not going to do the the forthcoming US tour because obviously he was sick. But now, as a result of dying before that tour, joined in 63, played drums until the age of 80, and he never missed a show. What an amazing achievement that is. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I absolutely mean no disrespect of what I said about Charlie Watts. He's absolutely an icon. I was raised on good music. Stones, one of my favorite bands of all time. What I kind of mean, though, is I find it... I just think it's funny that, like, there's so many people who actually didn't even know who Charlie Watts was until they saw that video when they were doing the concert at home and he was drumming with a drum set not right. there. You know, a lot of people <laughs> learned about Charlie Watts on that day. But yet, you saw every single musician being like, you know, when he died, being like, he was the heartbeat of the Stones. Mm. Like, he's such an intro. Like, I actually learned so much about him from, like, uh, Questlove did a tribute and I think it was Rolling Stone that like taught me a lot about the importance of the way he was playing and you know it wasn't just that he was a boring player he did what he needed and then Chad mm-hmm. Smith of the Red Hot Chili Peppers also did a thing talking about you know one of his favorite memories of Charlie Watts so you know the respect is absolutely there but I mean, it would be a lot bigger if it was Mick or Keith, you know. Don't I would say, care a lot more. Don't say that as if you're wishing that to happen. No, I'm, you're there. I feel bad. They're definitely a little bit stoked, though, right now. Well, it did occur to me. You think about Keith Richards, you, you know, throughout the, the, the... A lot of people who've been around Keith Richards in years gone by died. Right, <laughs> yeah. and he would admit this. There were Keith Richards from the sort of late sixties throughout the entire nineteen seventies led a very unhealthy lifestyle that he somehow could cope with, and 
a lot of other people around him couldn't, but they were kind of welcomed in and jumped on for the ride right. and then basically fell off the ride when they died. And no matter how many people around Keith Richards, mostly during the decade of the 70s, died, nothing seemed to make him scared, right? He only, in terms of his own mortality, he only gave up heroin in the late 70s when having been busted a bunch of times, he got one of the biggest drug busts ever. I think it was it was definitely in Canada. In a, they busted him in a hotel room where he had so much heroin on him, they could charge him with basically being a big-time dealer, right. which he wasn't. It was like, no, it's just for me. Yeah, right? It's my stash. <laughs> right, exactly. This is just going to get me through to Friday. <laughs> you know, um, and then uh, of course he he got away. You know, in the in the past on this podcast, uh, uh, with with no real evidence, I've I've discussed the fact that I think there are. Um, there's a level of society above the police and authority services that we're familiar with um, where people operate and we don't really know what goes on, but it's the super rich, probably some royalty and there's all kinds of stuff and they make deals and they're the people that really run the world. The point at which Keith Richards gave up heroin because he thought he was going to go to jail for like decades because of the history of drugs busts and then that big heroin drug bust in Canada. This might sort of fuel the idea that the Rolling Stones with the amount of money they have operate at that level which is like super super above the law because that went from Keith you might be going to jail for 30 years to you know if you just do a concert for the blind we're gonna let you off because that's what happens <laughs> see I think you said you know he that was just his personal stash he wasn't a drug dealer I think what the case is is he actually is a drug dealer he's death's drug dealer and that's why death keeps hooking him up and killing other people well I mean but but my point was was that it took basically the prospects of going to jail when it wasn't explained. It's all right. There's a lot of blind people that love the Rolling Stones. Just play for a couple of hours for them, and then you'll be good. Um, it, that was what it, it took that to get him to get him off heroin, and then he, you know, at least cleaned up from 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 doing heroin. Oh, uh, you uh, mean I have to sing for blind people? I'm never doing heroin again. <laughs> but but the, the the point being that even uh, up until that point, up until there was a a, a threat of being in for an extremely long period of time he just carried on with that lifestyle even though he was seeing people around him die and was clearly not scared by it but i wonder now seeing charlie watts one of his best mates of like 60 years pass away and keith's like what 77 78 is keith richards kind of now at the point of and mick but keith is more kind of uh he's more of a fascinating study because of his drug history is he now more scared of dying because he clearly wasn't in the 70s I, you know i saw a bunch of videos and you know you hear the stories when he passed uh keith talking about his buddy charlie mm. and a lot of them actually did make me very nervous because it's like you know that's a good friend really close confidant mm. of him you know uh, that's kind of when you see older people sometimes fall off, especially when they have addiction. In yeah, their past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I felt kind of the opposite, though, is I kind of felt like even though Mick was sad, you know, they're about to take off on this tour with, uh, they already had their replacement mm. drummer. He had to be thinking, extra dates on the tour now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, talking about a money grab, if they're still performing at this age, he has a lot of ex-wives, a lot of kids to feed, 
I'm just saying that's a lot of ticket sales now. Wait, he's got to pay. You know, um, the previous uh, US tour they did a couple of years ago. That was that. Those were rescheduled dates because Mick was in hospital a few years ago with uh, with heart problems. I think he had a, a bi- bypass surgery. Right. So he's like 77, 78. They have to travel with a cardiologist for Mick now because it's the only way they can get insurance to do the tour. So like he, rock and like roll. Mick has to strap himself. Like the Rolling Stones getting ready for a gig used to be Keith strapping his arm to shoot up heroin. <laughs> right. Now Mick has to strap himself to a machine yeah, where what- a cardiologist goes, okay, we're getting good readings today. You can run around for two hours tonight, right? I, but that, that brings me to my, to my next question. You know, going back to how old can, can rock and roll get? They, they're going to do these US dates that they were going to do without Charlie anyway. And I'm sure they'll change the, the focus of those shows. So it becomes a big tribute to Charlie, which is, which I think is, is the right thing to do. Nothing but jumping Jack Flash for 14 <laughs> hours. But is it the right thing to do after this tour to call it a day? Because I feel like. You know, and, I, and I'm saying, normally I like to take a side with anything we discuss on this podcast, and sometimes I take an unconventional side when I warn you that I'm about to say something controversial. You don't need to grab onto something firm at all during this segment, because I actually don't know which side of this argument I fall down on, because you can say that, well, Charlie was an integral part of the band because he's an original member, and then they've only got like Mick and Keith that are original members. But if Mick and Keith are still there, you know, all the songs are Jagger Richards. Like if there wasn't Jagger or there wasn't Richards, then I think they definitely would call it a day. But when you've got to the band, have existed for like nearly 60 years and the band, the key band members are almost 80. One of them got to 80 and recently passed away. Is it the right thing to do to do the dates that you've committed to, to be a tribute to Charlie Watts? And then you say, we're not doing it anymore. Yeah. I mean, I I did think maybe they would delay the current tour, but I mean, it's already been delayed. And like you said, they already had a replacement drummer. He wasn't going to be a part of the shows anyways. Now it'd be a big tribute to him. And they're definitely, I'm guessing they're, 100% 100% at least having the discussion now, do we call it quits after yeah. this? I have one suggestion. Now, we get one tour left, okay? 2022 to 2023, international. What's the number one argument, everyone, the first argument most people had in rock and roll? Beatles or Stones? Right. What if, I'm just saying, you get Ringo on drums. <laughs> they haven't had a bass player since Wyman left. Right. You bring McCartney. Paul on bass. And you do a Stones and, and Beatles tour. One last for everyone. Wow. Would that not be not only the greatest concert of all time, but the biggest selling tour in the history of the world? Mick Jagger, are you listening? This stoner just came up with the, 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 like the, 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 this will sort out your alimony payments for the rest <laughs> of your life, which to be honest, isn't that long now, but <laughs> I'm rolling stoned with great ideas. <laughs> Yes, I'm writing that down for title ideas. That is, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe because I, 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 I know. I mean, I've um, because the Rolling Stone, because the Stones were my first ever gig, and my first ever gig back in 1990 when I was a, a kid. Uh, you know, people thought that was going to be the last tour. I've made it my intention and succeeded uh, so far 
to go to see a Stones show. Anytime the Stones played where I was living, if there was a tour, I would go see a show because I always wanted to say, well, they were my first gig and I saw the, the tours from that point onwards in case it was the last tour. And of course, every time I think this could be the last time, this could be the last time. Um, so, but but I feel like, because here's the, the, the difference with bands that carry on and don't carry on, right? I mean, like, for example, I mean, they're, they're a big band. They're not in the same league as um, the Stones. But, you know, Dusty Hill passing away a few weeks ago from ZZ Top. Right. They had a tour. I think he passed away, like, the, after the second day of the tour. So they were already out on the road, right? Now, ZZ Top have been around for a very long time. They must be about 70 now, I'm for guessing. Sure, yeah. Um, and essentially, ZZ Top is is three people. There's now only two of them. Now, continuing with that tour and doing it as a tribute to Dusty Hill, that I get. Should ZZ Top then call it a day after they've done that tour or, or, or should they carry on? Because there's a big difference between... Like, there's a big difference between bands when they're younger and having a band member die or a band member choose to leave and those bands deciding that they've got more to give and they want to carry on. So, for example, David Lee Roth gets too egotistical after 1984 and goes, you know, I don't need you, Van Halen. I'm going out solo, right? right? That point in time with the age that Van Halen were, they go, well, we're going to find that we've got more music in us, so we're going to get Sammy Hagar, right? I I, I get that. Or um, Bon Scott died. I mean, for, from ACDC. ACDC had only been a band for about seven years by the time Bon Scott died. So right. choosing to get a replacement singer, like, fine. But when you're, you've been doing it for like four, five, six decades and you're 70 or you're, in the Stones case, nearly 80, that probably is the point at which you don't need to keep finding replacements and you should probably just call it a day, I think. Right, because then you're the Eagles. Well, there's a prime example. They were, you know, the Eagles had, yeah, they've had other important members, but essentially that band is Glenn Fry and Don Henley. Exactly. Glenn Fry passes away and they go, we're never doing it again. And then about a year later, Irving Azoff goes on Don Henley's door. Um, about that never doing it again. Do you want to see the offers if you were to do it? And Don Henley's goes... Glenn had a son, right? <laughs> yeah. Can he sing? If not, we'll throw in that country guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't... Uh, I, I saw the Eagles a few times with uh, Glenn Fry and Don Henley, and I, I thought yeah, I thought it was uh, pretty good. I mean, you could... The thing with the Eagles live is that you could stay at home and watch the videos. You're not getting a show. Yeah, right. I mean, you've got to You're really... You're getting all five of them lined up in a line, and that's about kind it. Kind of. It's a bit like going to a Comic-Con, but in an arena. Right. Like, there's, they, they don't really kind of move or put on a show. Joe oh, Walsh might put on the helmet cam for a little bit, but at this point, just weighing him down awkwardly. <laughs> I mean, I guess... I, I, I do remember that, you know, their harmony is still being pretty good, but the you if you're going to go to an Eagle show, or if you did, you know, back in the day when it was still... Uh, Glenn and Don at the front you were very much going for the sit down oh my god they still sound great experience there's not a lot of uh, kind of razzmatazz around them you know you're right um, but um but yeah, I, I the uh, Glenn Fry, like he's gone. I mean, I don't know. I like the Eagles. I'm not as big a fan of the Eagles as I am of the Rolling Stones. So I'm more inclined to go. You Eagles, you could have just called it a day rather than getting uh, Fry Jr. in. Whereas with the Stones, I'm sort of... Also, the other thing with the Stones is, it's like... 
how long can you keep going before it starts to become embarrassing? Because as 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 as, as like foolproof as we all think and want Keith Richards to be, when he's almost eighty, something's going to happen with him if he keeps going out on the stage. That's going to be like a real old man fall. That's going to shatter people's illusions. You, you know, know what's crazy though is like for years now, people have been making these jokes about the Rolling Stones. But look at some of the biggest tours that are going on right now so rolling stones are about to hit a tour the eagles are about to hit a tour elton john's eventually gonna do his farewell tour acdc is gonna eventually hit the roads guns and roses is currently on the road like there's so many old acts that soon enough we're all gonna be like how are they dancing around on stage like they're 80 instead of just realizing apparently there is something in heroin that makes you just live forever <laughs> well there is that well that but the, 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 to my point at the start of this we are yet to see how old rock and roll can become because all of those bands that you mentioned are still out there doing it and some of them are, are very very old this is the first generation of rock stars that are now getting to the point that they're dying off and that sets the precedent for like how 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 long people can keep doing it i think so are you suggesting that along with this stones beatles tour that i thought up as an undercard we throw on all those bands as well we just kill off that generation of music <laughs> no i think uh let's not get too ambitious oh, okay. because because as much as you are a stoner who came up with maybe one really good idea i think you'll find that the politics and finances involved with that well we'll just put paul mccartney on bass and ringo on drums stones half the beatles tour might be a little more complicated than your rolling stoned brain can cope with we'll just make them holograms well yeah i mean that that might happen like at, at, at some point so put, kill it, them put, anyways. Put, put it this way when you start doing the uh the spreadsheet for the finances for all of those people that you've just listed involved in this final world oh. tour i don't know how much ringo is going to be saying peace and love peace and love oh, i'm not going to be doing that new york producers handling all the business stuff <laughs> oh we're putting on the show now are we yeah yeah oh, i'm right. not i'm an idea guy yeah all right um, also, one last thing uh, before we move on, because by the way, you thought the stone, the potential end of the Stones and the death of Charlie Watts is sad. Jeremy turns up today with the news that Insane Clown Posse are almost done as well. Oh. well. We'll get to that in a second. I just want to say one other thing, and this did cross my mind when it was announced that um, Charlie Watts wasn't going to be doing the um, the the final Stones tour, and obviously now he's uh, sadly since passed away. But remember, the last time I saw the Stones was in uh, Arizona, and I managed to uh, become part of the police escort with the Rolling Stones into the venue. Well, there is extra room now, right? Now you got an extra when they come here just a street away, they can pick you up on the way. You won't even have to walk across yeah. the street. Uh, Mick, if you're listening, don't cancel Charlie's car, right? Just <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. All right, more coming in part two. All right, let's do uh, part two of Did You America. There is a song of the week vote happening right now. Uh, there's a poll on my Twitter. If you have a look at Ian Camfield, uh, you have three choices. Uh, this week, I went with the current song by Iron Maiden, which is called Stratego. My song is Juanita by Sturgill Simpson and Willie Nelson. And uh, New York producer choosing Fleabag by Youngblood. Vote for Song of the Week at uh, the poll on my Twitter, at Ian Canfield. Or you can go to didyouamerica.com and uh, place a vote there. Didyouamerica.com, also the place to go to if you want to send us any messages uh, relating to this podcast or buy one of our lovely T-shirts. Uh, just before we move on, I forgot. And, and all of my... See, I'm so... Oh, should the Stones carry on? Should they not? It's been tearing 
me up. I forgot to tell my personal story about the time I sat next to Charlie Watts. Oh, my very God. Very quick. Very All quick. Right, yeah, go into very it. Very quick. Um, I don't know. People from um, – people listening in America probably have never witnessed a, a European journalist press conference – no, uh, I no, have not. I, and I'm surprised that people haven't made a compilation of these uh, type events on YouTube because European music journalists are fucking terrible. <laughs> and uh, and you, another reason why you came here. Well, I mean, and you, here's the thing that I don't understand. You could say that if it's uh, you know Europeans uh, at a at a press conference interviewing a British band, there's a language barrier. But I've I've never been convinced by that excuse because, quite honestly, I've met many Europeans who speak better English than English people. Right? <laughs> right. In Europe, they're really good at speaking English. So I don't think that's the problem. I'm not saying it's because Europeans are dumb. I'm saying it's because a lot of European music journalists, when it comes to journalism, aren't very good and. Bands will tell you this privately. So I was in, uh, I think it was oh, Munich. It was Munich, definitely uh, in, in Germany. And a few of us went over for a Rolling Stones gig. And um, I they did a press conference in the afternoon, right? And it was, uh, you get two at a time. You get uh, Keith and Ronnie, and then you get uh, Mick and Charlie, right? Okay. And I knew their, uh, their PR person. And he said to me, I'm going to sit you up at the front so you can sit right by the band. He goes start off by asking some decent fucking questions because we're dealing with Europeans, but don't dominate, right? And I was like, okay. So anyway, it's great. And I, I didn't I wasn't I didn't particularly care about the press conference. I was there for the show and the free booze at the time. But um but I sit there and I'm literally at the front of the table. So uh, Mick and Charlie come in and I'm sitting next to Charlie Watts, right? Now, Charlie Watts, if you've ever seen him do any interviews, doesn't particularly like doing interviews or, or talking generally. Of course, Mick is as gregarious as can be, so he's right. like holding call. So they start off, and the, the European journalists are asking these really dumb questions, which is what they always do. But Mick is being Mick and, you know, almost being like a politician doing a press conference. Charlie Watts couldn't be any more disinterested. I've got uh, whatever bit of recording equipment. Maybe back then it was like a DAT machine. I can't remember. But I've got that out on the table because I'm recording this. And, and on the recording equipment, there's a sticker for my radio station, uh, the station I worked for at the time called XFM, right? It's very early on in the press conference. Charlie Watts sees the radio station sticker on my recording equipment. Mick is answer, answering some stupid German question. Charlie Watts leans over to me and goes, do you work for them? So I said, yeah. And he goes... Oh, that's a good radio station. So I said, you listen? He goes, yeah, 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 when I'm at my house and wherever. So we start chatting. Like, there's a press conference going on around us, and me and Charlie Watts are, like, talking about my radio station. And then um, he starts giving me a running commentary to how bad he thinks all of the, the questions are. So they're working <laughs> their way around the table, and another, like, German stands up with some, like, are you still doing it for the money? Like, whatever the stupid right. questions are they've had, like, many times before. And uh, I'm getting Charlie Watts under his breath just going to me, what a stupid cunt. <laughs> like, <laughs> and basically, 
The entire press conference, Charlie Watts didn't publicly answer one question. He just <laughs> let Mick do it. But I got Charlie Watts' commentary on what he really thought of all of the things. And at the end of the press conference, like the PR person comes in and goes, all right, thanks, guys. Time's up. And they and they, and they, and they get up. And Charlie Watts leans into me and goes, well, it was nice talking to you. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're, you're like one of 15 people in the world who have heard Charlie Watts speak. You realize that. And he's apparently hilarious. And he was absolutely hilarious. He's running commentary to how bad the press conference was was way better than the actual answers that Mick was giving and he goes like so what time are you on and I don't know I was doing afternoons at that point he goes oh well I get back home I'll try and listen I was like I said like it was like a little one on one with Charlie Watts because he couldn't have been more disinterested to right. what he should have been doing there my other great uh, Charlie Watts anecdote that one of my friends told me was uh, my friend Richard works for the BBC and um, he said uh, that one time he ran into Charlie Watts in the canteen area. You say canteen, right? Sure. Right? No, yes. I'm not. Caf- I- where, where do you where people go and get food at a workplace? Canteen works, yeah. Canteen, Cafe, okay. Cafe. Cafeteria. Cafeteria. Sometimes I think I speak too English in my British. No, Kitchen. too British in my English. Too British. I don't know. Canteen. Suddenly this became like a European press conference. (laughs) Um, Richard works for the BBC. I I guess Charlie Watts is doing some interviews or something. So he he runs into Charlie Watts at the BBC canteen, cafeteria, whatever you want to call it. Right. Food place. Food place. My friend Richard had to buy... Charlie Watts a cup of tea because Charlie Watts only had 50 pound notes on him <laughs> didn't have any cha- and he was like well I can't have change it ruins the lining of my suits I like that <laughs> that's like the European equivalent of being like I only rock Benji's right there you go so there you go I think uh, Charlie you had a great run and we'll miss you um, here's the other sad news of the day that uh, Jeremy walks in with the insane clown posse is done as well oh while you were reeling about the Rolling Stones, I was just crying my eyes out about what's about to happen with the ICP. So, as you do or do not know, over the weekend was actually the gathering of the Juggalos. So, you know, other than Steve-O lighting himself on fire or Chris Hansen having a discussion on pedophilia, the big news to come out of the gathering was... <laughs> Violent J, what some people call the heartbeat of the ICP. Oh, he's the he's the he's Charlie, Charlie Watts of the ICP. No, right. he's definitely the myth, but <laughs> he uh, he announced that he's actually dealing with heart failure right now, and the ICP are about to go on a farewell tour. So we've talked about numerous times on this podcast. My dream is to go to the gathering of the jugglers. While I might not be a fan of the music, I love everything else about the band. And now I only have one more opportunity to see them live. This is heartbreaking for the world, not just me. Well, so, you know, we've discussed, can there be a Stones without Charlie? Should there be an Eagles without Glenn Fry? Can there be an insane clown posse with just one in makeup? No, Violent J is like, he's honestly the main... Like, figure, like, anytime you hear them interviewed, he's really the one doing the talking and doing the boasting and making the jokes. And Shaggy Tudo, the other member, kind of just, like, laughs in the background and adds, like, a super hood comment that kind of scares half the audience. So, like, Violent J really is all of it. Now, he did say, like, he, you know, he basically said they're still going on tour. I don't think it's like he's about to die tomorrow from this, you know, knock on wood, but... You know, and he did say, you know, they'd maybe do appearances here and there, but in far, as far as full-on touring and putting out new music, they're done. And and you, I mean, 
They couldn't have just not announced this and put someone else out there in the makeup. Would you have known the difference? Because it's, I mean, the kiss no, move. No, no disrespect to Insane Clown Posse. But I'm going to suggest that most of their fans aren't that intelligent. So if you just stuck someone else out there in the makeup, it's hardly like Hall and Oates when one of them's <laughs> not like, you know. If I see a tour that's billed as Hall and Oates and suddenly it's Daryl Hall and someone who looks a bit like John Oates, I'm probably going to find that a little bit suspect and go, hey, did Hall and Oates split, but they're like Daryl Hall just didn't tell us because he's not making enough money out of that TV show. He needs to go out with a lookalike. I feel like if we if we stick someone else in the right clown makeup, Insane Clown Posse probably could be good. This is I, normally I would totally agree with you, but those fans are so dedicated. You know that like if there's any even slight difference, probably with how the makeup is painted on, they're gonna be like, "That's not him." Plus, they're always throwing Fago, that super ghetto soda, all over each other. So by the end of the concert, I'm sure a lot of the makeup has dripped off oh yeah mm. we have previously discussed I wouldn't have brought this into the Rolling Stones argument because frankly this is fucking ridiculous but for the Insane Clown Posse don't forget there was that one episode of the, the one season of the Dukes of Hazard where they used lookalikes that was fine <laughs> I mean I, I feel like the Insane Clown Posse is on an equivalent level are you sure they can't just get a lookalike so are you telling me the ICP isn't invited on the Beatles Stones tour that I created <laughs> they can open also I do wonder now we know that the OnlyFans thing was uh, well it seems to me just a publicity stunt the, oh, we're getting rid of porn oh actually no we're not anymore Insane Clown Posse, are you sure this isn't a publicity stunt? Because they're like, oh, God, our ticket sales aren't... People are going to see the Stones instead because they're dying. So we, <laughs> we better say that we might die, so you should come and see us. Did you see that the the CEO of OnlyFans, he was... The day before they, they reversed everything, He his excuse for why they were shutting it down, he was like, no, no, this has nothing to do with morality. It's because of the banks. The banks won't accept their money, so why would we give them uh, money? I got say i think this was an amazing ruse by only fans because on the previous episode of this podcast i was saying that i don't know what the conspiracy theory is but there has to be a conspiracy theory attached to them removing pornography from OnlyFans because it makes no sense whatsoever. I don't remember any big protests against the porn that was on there. Um, they've been doing it for a long period of time. Everyone involved was making money. The people behind OnlyFans were making millions and millions. I just threw out there that the Queen of England was involved somehow. It was I've seen her page. <laughs> it's fucking hot. <laughs> I... Um, it, it, it just didn't make any sense. But it does make perfect sense now that they've just gone, oh, actually, no, we reverse in the decision. I, I think they saw, isn't there, there was a rival um, to OnlyFans that apparently some of the OnlyFans models were saying they were going to go to. And I think uh, maybe they were, the OnlyFans were seeing the rival company right. get, get a little bit too much traction. Because it seems to me that now it was a perfect publicity stunt because they're going, they've got loads more attention. They were in the news and now they're like, oh, no, 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 we're not doing it. Well, the one downside is, you know, there are, a bunch of companies probably decided like all right well we're gonna start up one now that they're leaving and they're probably still gonna start up so there's gonna be competition where before there wasn't there's there's like 
again, I think what happened was, is they heard our rant on this on our last episode. And I let the world know there's free porn available on the Internet. And they were like, oh, no, the world's going to find out. We have to bring this back before they discover free porn. OnlyFans, uh, I feel like, though, they have uh, they were the pioneers in in kind of having a free form platform that people paid for. And, the, the you know, the people behind OnlyFans have made a load of money some some models on OnlyFans make a, make a load of money. But when you're doing it in the tech space, there's always the the chance that if you do it first, like OnlyFans have, they could become the AOL of porn. Like there could be other companies that come along and just completely take right. over and they fall behind. And I feel like maybe they were like going, hmm. we this, this rival, I can't remember what the rival's called. Like, metaphorically speaking, they're the Yahoo on our porn ass. We need to do a big publicity <laughs> stunt to make sure that we don't turn out to be like the modern-day AOL, and now they're kind of like back in in the lead again. Yeah, now we need to figure out a way to become the sex version of Google. <laughs> there, I told you, there's there's one person in the world disappointed about this them bringing back porn, and that's me. I almost had a very lucrative opportunity in the sex worker industry. And now that's getting taken away from me because they decided to let nudity back on OnlyFans. Oh, so I um, I don't really know how to say this, but I met a girl who happens to be one of these workers. And we got into a discussion and she kind of wants me to be her pimp. Oh, my God. <laughs> Like, I get that that's illegal. And so, like, I don't want to do I, it. You know, you but know the what? bunny seems right, and I look no, great in fur coats. Oh, oh, it's not the right. Uh, no. Have I, you ever but, seen me in a fur coat? I, it, Maybe no, with a cane? It, it, well, I look wonderful. It, well, no, I can see that you could look the, the part of a pimp. Um,. We don't want to go down that route. Like, the lines could be. Have you? Seen, Ron Jeremy's just been indicted on thirty charges. Like, the, the, like the the what's and wherefores of she said this and they said it. And I, I don't want to get into that. I think we're already at the point where it's fast becoming not fun anymore for me to tell my story about seeing Ron Jeremy asleep in a pizza. I'm just going to tell that again now because it's like he hasn't been convicted yet. So I'll do. I'll just yeah, get this. I was once in a bar. In Hollywood with some friends and we're sitting at a booth and they said, hey, look behind you, Ron Jeremy's in the booth behind us. And I looked behind and sure enough, there was Ron Jeremy. And then about 20 minutes later, one of my friends goes, look behind you again, Ron Jeremy's asleep. And I look behind me and literally Ron Jeremy was asleep in, in a booth in this in this uh, bar restaurant with his head in a pizza. <laughs> not like not like he was eating a pizza, like he was full on asleep on top of the pizza. <laughs> Absolutely full on asleep. I mean, I don't know if maybe he mixed up the drinks and it was like he he took <laughs> he a sip. He took a, took a, yeah, I mean, who knows? <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, 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 I don't know, but, uh, so you're saying I shouldn't become a pimp? No, I, I'm very uncomfortable with this whole world. No, All right. like you know, did you pimp it, in? Is like, not going to happen. The, you I know, guess. The, the, the sort of the verbs of well, you're going to be uh, Ron Jeremy, Marilyn Manson, Jeremy Hoffman. I don't, don't think I'm getting into the, the porn game. No, but the, the like, no, the, it's a it's a it's a murky world. I just want a set of gold teeth. The, you can get those just by yeah, doing but you can't pull it off without the job. The, <laughs> 
If anyone's hiring pimp work, my number is. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not very... I'll tell you who is very happy about the OnlyFans uh, situation. is, uh, And this shows you that you can make a lot of money from it. friend of mine who used to work in sales at a radio station I used to work for. No money in radio, kids. She left her sales job in radio basically to do OnlyFans full-time, and she makes a fortune. Wow. And she's uh, fun to hang out with, not because you might see her doing the do in front of you, but because anywhere you go with her is a potential scene to film some sex in. <laughs> like, you go to a restaurant. You go, I, we, we went to a, a buddy's housewarming party at one time. He moved into this house that had this, uh, like, spiral staircase up to a loft area. She spent the entire party eyeing up this spiral staircase. Basically, well, we could do that down there and then up there. I could put my leg across that bit and blah, 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 blah. And, and I said, and she said, well, you know, I can do a lot. But there's only so much you can do. And then it just becomes about doing the same thing with a different background. So it's all, it's all about the scene. Oh. And that spiral staircase was very, very appealing to her. That's disgusting. What's her name? <laughs> um, so, yes, OnlyFans, I'm glad that, uh, you know, you're carrying on. Um, it does mean that there's still going to be an employment problem with wait staff at restaurants because a lot of those people on OnlyFans don't have to give up their OnlyFans page now and go back to being servers. So I guess that's an issue. But um, and well done on playing us all and just turning it into a massive publicity stunt, right. which, which I think is, is what it was. I didn't really believe for a second that it was something involving the Queen. I mean, she's... Sure, she's, she's, she's cover still, yourself now. She's still busy trying to make sure that uh, Meghan Markle don't say anything else. <laughs> she's, she's like, only fans. I'm trying to get Andrew off of everything. I was like- going to say, don't forget about Jis Lane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, before we're done with today's episode, let's uh, quickly focus on the kid from the cover of Nirvana's Nevermind, who's now suing the band for sexual child exploitation this is another reason why you're not going into the pimp world as i said the the i'm the, not dealing with kids no but the what you can and can't do the lines get very very blurred hence we're now dealing with the kid who was four months old on the cover of Nevermind, where he was naked in the pool who's now a 30 year old adult previously available for pool parties where he would literally just lay around in your pool and you could say to your friends, hey, that's the baby from the Nevermind album cover. Previously, as an adult, on many occasions, recreated that album cover for social media. Now has decided he's suing Nirvana because he wants a load of money out of them. I, you know, when I first saw this story, I... Uh you know, I was reading through it and I was like, all right, like maybe he has a point. There's some weirdness. Like, you know, they, he was four months old. His parents never signed anything. They just like threw him into the pool. And, uh, you know, he he seemed like he was, you know, his his quotes were very like emotionally distraught about it. And then I saw when I did further research, what you're just referring to. And this guy for the last 20 years has lived off the fact that he is the Nirvana baby has made a mockery of it at every turn. Oh, he, 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 not only that, his appearance is that of the broiest surfer douche in the history of the world. Usually not the type of person, not the stereotype, but to come out and be like, I had an abusive child and I just want money for it. He, he definitely spent his entire 20s marketing the fact that he was the Nirvana baby. You could literally hire him for pool parties. I think what's happened is 
Paul parties have been massively cut because of COVID, so he's not getting the <laughs> earnings. And it's like, damn, my bookings for the last like 18 months of being the Nirvana baby age, like, you know, 28, 29, 30, have, uh, have depleted rapidly. Uh, what can I do? I know I'll sue them for child sexual exploitation. Pool parties down, wokeness up. Now, here's my question. Like, how because she's having to go at suing everyone involved like he's trying to sue courtney as well because i guess like she's attached to the to the kurt cobain estate how long before courtney takes a look at this and just puts him in a band that might be an easy way like oh, you're thinking way better than me i was thinking sex tape <laughs> tell me you wouldn't watch that you at least to see if he's grown since being a baby my guess based on this lawsuit he hasn't <laughs> <laughs> Courtney goes, all right, whatever your name is, Nirvana baby. His name's Nirvana baby. All right, all right Nirvana baby. Um, now OnlyFans are carrying on with Paul and I've got an idea. <laughs> but I need to see what I'm working with. Oh, shit. Is that it? Can you sing? <laughs> see, again. She's like, you know what? Now I come to think of it, my dead ex-husband, he couldn't really sing either. You just need to kind of growl over some very noisy detuned guitars. You could do that, right? I'm just saying incredible ideas like this is what would make me a great pimp. <laughs> Stop, Rick. We've moved on from that. I've never oh moved my, on. Oh, my God. That's a, stop that. I'm very uncomfortable with all of that. More uncomfortable with that than the time I took a photo with Marilyn Manson and he grabbed my balls. <laughs> that photo's on the internet, by the way. Unfortunately, it's like a headshot. So you, I look very uncomfortable. There's because he was grabbing my balls. You can't actually I was see that. Say that it was on the, on the internet. Now it's evidence. See, you talking about being a pimp is taking me back to that terrible Marilyn Manson Don't time. Put that it's on like, me. It's like the same way that this poor Nirvana baby's like, oh, now I'm 30 child exploitation have you never noticed i walk with a limp already <laughs> i'm just saying i'm a natural <laughs> i did get into a conversation with one of my friends because people have been it's funny I, i've got a bunch of friends that like to do the work for this podcast like over normally over the few days when we're, when we're not recording uh certain people will send me uh articles and go oh for the podcast for the podcast right. which is great because it means i have to put in less effort and um they get into a conversation with uh, with one of my friends about the, the fact that all babies look the same, <laughs> and I don't know that I don't know that this could come into play if this ridiculous case ever gets to court because it, it's probably not relevant. But it might be something worth throwing out for anyone who's listening that are that are new parents because this kid did very well, I believe, throughout his twenties by being I'm the Nirvana baby, book me for your pool party, you know, I'm recreating the artwork and so on and so forth. Whereas in actual fact, it was just a baby in a pool, right? Because all babies, when they're about four months old, as he was back then, they all look the same. And right. this was a this was a conversation I was having with with one of my friends. Now, maybe it's telling that both he and I don't have kids, but we basically got into this text chat of like, oh, how many times have your friends had a kid? And they go, oh, you've got to come around and see the baby. And I've done it. I've done it many times. But really what I'm thinking is, no, I don't, because all babies look the same. Like, I'll come and see the You're kid. You're such a baby racist. I'll come and see. Look, I'll come and see the kid when he or she's about a year old, and they've got some personality. And yes, and there are that they look different. Oh, come and see the baby. Come and see the baby. All babies look the same. Yeah, you're right. That's just an aside that I'm throwing in there for the benefit of new parents. And I get 
that you're excited and you should be. It's your kid. Really, anyone else who's making out they care about your kid at that age, they don't care. They're just being polite. Yeah, I think the Nirvana baby at this point needs to grow up. Stop suing the band and just make the photo an NFT. <laughs> yeah, maybe he just does it. When he discovers NFTs, he might like drop the NFT. Or- He's a baby. How can he understand NFTs? <laughs> NFT or... New OnlyFans page with Colt. Here's the <laughs> number one. NF- here's these options. Number one, NFT. Number two, OnlyFans page with Courtney. Number three, singing in a band with Courtney. These are some pimping ideas. Stop saying that. Right, we're going to finish now because we've done enough. I don't want. I don't want to hear that p word in the next episode. If you want to talk to us, digiamerica.com. Uh, you can vote for Song of the Week there. You can also vote for Song of the Week on my Twitter. I am at Ian Camfield. If uh, Instagram is your preferred method of communication, Camfield off the radio there. So Camfield off the radio on Instagram, Ian Camfield on Twitter, or digiamerica.com. If you want to uh, send us a message via the website, you can check out old episodes. And you can also uh, get one of our lovely T-shirts at digiamerica.com. Ha- answer this question without saying the P word. How lovely are those t-shirts jeremy feel good on your nipples yeah good all right we're done for today thanks for hanging out with this one